Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews in the podcast form. Today we are back with the seventh film in the Transformers universe. Uh, the Hasbro franchise continues to endure. We got Bumblebee back again. This film is hot off of the last Transformers, which was uh, Bumblebee. More of a standalone story, obviously revolving around Bumblebee and then Haley Steinfeld. Um, Rise of the Beasts, this latest entry, takes us to the 90s in a time where the, uh, the Transformers, the Autobots, they're not the only ones on Earth. There is, in fact, a different faction of Transformers, the species, called the Maximals, who were autonomous robots, but also in the form of anything from a gorilla to a giant eagle and a rhinoceros and a jaguar, but, you know, these things are just massive, as the Transformers are. Um, you know, kind of in that similar vein of the Dinobots that we got in The Last Night or whichever whichever Transformers that was with Marky Mark. Um, it's kind of when I checked out of the Transformers movies. I watched those. Um, but, I, you know, I, I never bought Marky Mark in these roles. I, I, I kind of missed Shia LaBeouf, as crazy as that may sound. Um, so this time around, it was nice. It was nice having a fresh face. Anthony Ramos, who is a terrific actor, uh, has done a lot on Broadway with Lin-Manuel Miranda playing uh, a role in Hamilton. He was in The Heights. He's done A Star is Born. Um, he just, he's got a natural charisma to him that's just it's really enjoyable to watch him work. Um, and even the, you know, he's got a younger brother in the movie, so he's Noah Diaz, and he's got his younger brother, Chris. Chris has some sort of medical condition. We're not totally sure what it is. But we know Noah was once in the military. Maybe something had happened when he'd gotten home, but he doesn't have the best work resume. But he's just trying to get a job so he can help support his family. Um, and they established pretty early on um, a really good brotherly relationship. You know, Noah's got to be at least 8 to 10 years older than his younger brother. Um but, you know, they've got, like, walkie-talkies that they'll kind of talk to throughout the house, and they'll call each other. they got code names for each other. They go by Sonic and Tails, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, the movie definitely leans into the 90s heavily. Um, it's got a great, great soundtrack with everything from Biggie to Wu-Tang Clan, all sorts of just essential, especially New York um, hip-hop and rap especially at the time, you know, the movie takes place outside of Brooklyn. Um, and so I'm like the Noah, I'm like, he's got this swagger to him. He's just, he's funny, charismatic. Uh, but you know, similar to that, uh, the Sam Witwicky character that Shia LaBeouf played, you know, kind of little down on his luck. People might not take him too seriously or give him the opportunities that maybe he deserves and would utilize. And so, as fate should have it, in the same vicinity, you've got uh, Elena, who's played by Dominique Fishback, um, who studies ancient architecture, ancient artifacts, all sorts of uh, old languages and mythologies, and she comes across a statue 
with something that looks like an Autobot symbol, which, you know, we'll learn is the Maximal symbol. Um, but upon finding this, she releases an energy. You know, it's something that we can't see, but it lets a signal out that essentially says, hey, this Transformers object is here on Earth. And there's some pretty bad guys. I mean, you thought Decepticons were bad. Now we've got terror bots who work for Unicron. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because Unicron is the massive planet-sized Transformer that pretty much just eats worlds. Um, And so they've been looking for this Wayfinder, this Transformers Wayfinder, because they want to bring Unicron to the Earth to consume it. And a long time ago, Optimus Prime and his crew had stopped by Earth for a pit stop, but were stranded here. And so you've got all these stories that kind of tie in for the Autobots. This could be their way to get home to Cybertron. Obviously, the Terrorbots want to use it to bring Unicron to Earth to destroy it. And somewhere along the way, Noah finds himself in the backseat of a Porsche driven by none other than Pete Davidson, entering as a uh, as the Autobot Mirage. And so, you know, he gets tied into it. You bring Elena into the mix. And the Autobots and the humans once again find themselves needing to team up in order to stop a world-ending threat. And I'll kind of leave it at that as far as the plot goes. Um, I read a lot of people's kind of early reactions to this. Um, and a lot of people were like, you know, it really kind of plays out like a Saturday cartoon some people were like, oh, you know, this movie really drags on. It's two hours and it feels a little bit too long. And here I am like, nah, man, I want I want another hour. I actually thought that the story they created, um, I'm not sure. I didn't watch this portion of the Transformers uh, TV show back in the day. I don't really know the, the Maximals well. Um, but uh, I thought it was a really fascinating story actually pretty interesting as far as you know what a transformers movie could give us um not nearly as cheesy and uh inappropriate joke heavy perhaps as michael bay's there's also not that sepia lens (laughs) that's always going on everything in orange um and i think they did a really good job reestablishing some of the characters obviously bumblebee still has his vocal fry where he's using radio signals to speak optimus is a little less optimistic because he's feeling like he's really let his team down and stranded them and so you've got a lot of interesting leadership dynamics hero dynamics and people who might not believe in themselves but really do have a great support system behind them um and for the most part, I thought the action was pretty good. Uh, I think this series is still missing just a little bit of that Michael Bay magic. I know, I mean, this movie's been causing... I know I was on the timeline defending some of those early Transformers movies. Uh, the first and the third, especially. Um, far less offensive than any of other Bay Transformers movies were. But there is just something... The fact that the first movie was made in 2007... Um, we went home after watching this, my buddies and I. And we I mean, we came out of the movie and we were like, dude, that was really good. Like, I really liked that. 
And I'm like, I was kind of surprised. I was really surprised. I was like, wow. All right. I know Michael Bay was a producer on it, but this is a, uh, a really fun take on the Transformers world. And so we went home and we're like, well, let's throw on 2007 Transformers. Because my only gripes with this movie were, you know, yeah, it could have been longer. In some of the action sequences, I kind of missed the slow motion. I know I'm the, the, the Zack Snyder, Michael Bay slow-mo fan over here. But when you've got these crazy, awesome, fast-moving robots, it's really nice to see a slow-motion shot as Optimus Prime pops out his crazy battle axe and sword from his arms and is slowly slicing through all these crazy minion robots. Um, and I miss the slow motion when it comes to, or maybe not slow motion, but taking the time to really maybe show that first transformation for the Autobots. I'm like, you know, once we're two hours into the movie, if Optimus Prime wants to transform in an instant and do a quick change, that's totally fine. We're in the heat of battle. But in those first Bay Transformers movies, some people thought it was tedious, but I'm like, no, give me 45 seconds of this massive truck slowly transforming these pieces folding into each other so you can see exactly where a head could come from or how this turns into a breastplate and armor and hands and fingers, whatever. I'm like, it was cool. Not only to hear all the crazy sound effects too, because these movies have just awesome sound engineering. Um, but I, I don't know. I kind of missed that slow buildup building these characters to life. Um, cause there's a couple moments too, where I'm like, I don't, I don't know what the rules are for transforming. I know, I know they can scan different cars and it's like, okay, I can, I can turn into that car now. You know, we know that Bumblebee is not as big as Optimus Prime. And we know that Mirage as a Porsche 911 is not as big as Optimus Prime. But when this guy starts turning into all sorts of different race cars and hyper cars, just like that, kind of just showing off. I'm like, wait, how? I'm like, maybe he scanned them. I don't know. Maybe scanned them off the internet. But where do those extra parts come from? There's one transformer who like almost turns into a cell phone or something really small. And it was like, that's got to be like the world's heaviest cell phone. Then I'm like, you're going to notice the mass of that. I don't, this is just, it's just really geeky and it doesn't really take you out of anything in the movie. And maybe it was more of just my own, like, I don't, you know, one of the, the, some of the Maximals have fur, you know, they're robotic beings, but somehow they've got fur or something that looks like fur. It's kind of interesting, but, uh, but, but I don't know. I, more often than not, I was really just kind of blown away throughout this whole movie. There's even, you know, to not give spoilers away, there's, there's almost like a, a Power Rangers feel to this film. And I mean that in the best of ways, because, at its peak, Power Rangers was just entertaining action, cool battle suits, cool different things. And so there's there's like a hint of that somewhere in here that totally surprised me and really worked well. Visually, spectacly, I'm like as far as moving that into combat, certain things, like I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I just, we're missing that bay detail just a little bit. You know, the bad guy, Scourge, I'm like, he's got a generic villain face. You know, there was nothing so crazy or detailed about him. And a few of the other players, I wish that I was like, you know, 
give me a little bit more detail in the face or in the movements or the transformation, but by and large, this movie was great. I could have used another hour of this and had a freaking blast. And I really hope they're talking the fact, you know, of course they are. They're talking about making this a film of three, a, a series of three. And so I could get on board with that. There's a post credit reveal, which I'm not going to talk about. I'm not, I'm not going to give it away, but it really opens the door to something that could kind of be crazy. And this is one of those deals where you're like, all right, well, who owns transformers? What else do they own? Cause multiverses crossovers, all these things. I'm like, we've had them before, but this, I don't even know what this is going to be, but it's going to be crazy. But Transformers Rise of the Beasts, I would see it in theaters. And it's probably not going to be on IMAX now because Flash is coming out and something else will come out next week. But uh, we, we saw it in a regular theater. It was freaking awesome. Anthony Ramos, hats off to you. Again, I just like, he oozes charisma throughout this movie. And he's just enjoyable to watch. It's so easy to root for him. He's funny. Um, he kills it. I am so behind him being the face of this franchise going forward. Director Stephen Capel Jr. Um, really, I mean, he directed uh, Creed 2 back in 2018. Really upped his chops for this movie. I'm really, really impressed with the growth that he's kind of made just from that last feature film. So, believe... Believe some of the hype that you're seeing. This is actually probably... It might be my favorite Transformers movie behind the original, actually. Um, Dark of the Moon's got some incredible action sequences, but this was just fun. Rise of the Beast was just really, really fun. And so I think anybody can pop in with this film, not worry about all the Transformers history or knowing the timeline, and have a great time with it. So... Next, I'm like, that's, that's two back-to-back box office summer films that I've enjoyed. And then now, we move into the film that I've been waiting for for a long time. We're going to be talking about The Flash. And even just how The Flash stacks up to Transformers. So, keep an eye and an ear out for that one, you guys. Thanks again for listening.